I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Quote the Raven, I'm outie losers. Canty and Carlin, ESPN (laughs) Radio. And on the ESPN app, that is what... Lamar Jackson, in essence, said earlier today, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter, at Chris Carlin, at ChrisCandy99, and also on the phone lines where we've gotten a ton of reaction today. Where is the right fit for Lamar Jackson, and should your team trade for him? Especially since earlier today, Chris Canty, we found out that Lamar Jackson told the Ravens on March 2nd that he wants to be traded. He let us know that through a, tre- a tweet today, and that was timed just perfectly right when John Harbaugh was about to meet with the media. And, he's, and of course, five days later on March 7th, they tagged him. First of all, Chris, let's hear from John, who is really not seeming to cede any ground when it comes to Lamar Jackson because he is ready when he jumps back on the train. I'm getting ready for Lamar. That's what I'm doing in our offense. We've got a new offensive coordinator, very excited about Todd Munkin. Uh, we're, in the, we're in the lab right now building the offense and putting it together with the terminology and the plays and things like that. And that's, that's what you focus on as a coach. And the rest of it, so you build your team. I mean, you build your team regardless. I mean, we're building our team all the time in all the different areas that you got to build it. And I know, and that train is moving, man. That train is moving fast. But here's the thing. You know, when Lamar gets back on board that train, he's fully capable of jumping on full, full speed. You know, Lamar can go. And so when that train's moving and he merges in with us, we're going to be rolling. That's what, as a coach, that's what I'm thinking about. Can't he? <laughs> he sounded like your hyped-up nephew who is trying to convince you to invest in his business. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like it's going the way that John Harbaugh envisioned. I, I, just, I just can't imagine that this is going to play out the way that he hopes. And you kind of sensed a little bit of that frustration at the end of last year. Um, where where John Harbaugh had some cryptic comments, and a lot of people thought they were directed at Lamar. I thought they were directed at GM Eric DaCosta, but this is ultimately a situation that could have been avoided. And, and now it seems like it's headed down a path where the the relationship is irreconcilable. And that's the unfortunate part about this but because the player has been synonymous with the organization and what they've done from a football standpoint since 2018, since they drafted him. So that's the sad part about it. It could have been avoided if they paid Lamar after the third year. They wouldn't have to contend with the president of Deshaun Watson's contract. They didn't do that, and now they might be forced to move on from an MVP quarterback. And now they have to figure out what they can get in return. Is that going to end up being two first-round picks plus more than they would get if a team signed Tim to an offer sheet, which nobody seems to want to do? That part seemingly blows me away up until this point you know now i get it okay he wants to be traded and signing an offer sheet that leaves the risk that the ravens may actually match it but canty like the idea 
that a team wouldn't want to go through it just because they didn't want to go through all the paperwork to get Lamar Jackson <laughs> to seemingly get him while the Ravens would match that deal. I mean, that's absurd. Now we're at a point where this is a quarterback who is available and there are seven, eight, nine teams. There are really 20 teams, but there are seven, eight, nine teams that it feels unconscionable that they wouldn't be involved on this, including one that you and I both think would be a pretty good option. Maybe not the most ideal, but a pretty good option. Here's Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst on the Indianapolis Colts. Number one, if you're Indianapolis, what is your view on the third or fourth quarterback in this draft class? Because you, you, Bryce and CJ are likely one too, right? So what's your view? And also... If you like the third guy, you have to jump. You have to go to three with Arizona. Right. So what does it cost you to get up to number three? It's not just taking a quarterback at four because you might think the third guy's got a chance and the fourth guy doesn't. So you have to go and get up to three. So mm. what is that going to cost you? I think of Indy as well. You, these are real questions. One, are we all in running the style that we have seen Lamar run for the first five years of his NFL career? That, that allowed him to be MVP of the NFL because the hits do matter and they add up. Do we want to be that run-centric football team or do we go, we don't want to run that system, but we still believe Lamar is an MVP caliber player in a different system that we've never seen in the NFL him run. Mm. That, those are the questions that Indy has to ask before they get into that conversation. Canty, it's not necessarily the most perfect situation, but if I were the Colts, I would absolutely trade the fourth overall pick for Lamar. Well, well help me out. Why isn't the perfect situation? Because I think you and I both think that there are slightly better positions. Detroit, for one. Yes. Uh, in New England, for two. I, I think that New England is a little bit better just because of Belichick. But the Colts, that is a really good spot when you factor in Jonathan Taylor and you factor in Michael Pittman. And if you can get, you know, a little bit more around him, I mean... Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson on turf with a a decent team yeah. is going to be amazing. Yeah, that'd be fun to watch. And here's the thing: you're right. There, there are a couple of other places that you can pinpoint and say they might be a better fit. But if you're the Colts, you are desperate for a starting quarterback. Like Detroit Lions, they're not desperate for a starting quarterback. They've got Jared Goff, who played damn well last year. If you're the Indianapolis Colts, what have you been doing at quarterback the last four years? Since Andrew Luck, what have you had at quarterback of consequence, Carlin? Not much. You've, you've had nothing. And, and that's why I think you've you got to at least entertain the idea of flipping the fourth overall pick and trying to turn that into Lamar Jackson, however you do it. There are a lot of different machinations, but, I mean, when you go from, you know, you know, the likes of Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett. I mean, at some point, you have to stabilize the most important position in all the team sports. And, and I think Lamar Jackson does that for your franchise. And not to mention, he would be playing in a system where we've seen a quarterback in Jalen Hurts, similar skill set, have huge success, nearly an MVP-level season. So I, I just think that that's – that, that's a marriage that makes a lot of sense. And if you're Jim Ursay, you know, th this might be one of those moves that ruffles a lot of feathers in, in, in the owner circle, but at least you can secure the most important spot for the next decade rather than taking a big swing and potentially missing on one of these unproven commodities out of the college ranks. 
if I were Jim Ursay, I can't get to move up to the top two spots right now no. to get either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. No. Why am I going to roll the dice with Anthony Richardson or with Will Levis? Because that's what it is. It's a dice roll. Why am I going to do that when there's a sure thing right there for me? Why would I in his prime? It would be an amazing, amazing situation for Lamar. And yet I don't feel like it's going to happen. The commanders just said a little while ago they are not going to be in on Lamar Jackson. Confirmed it again. Their GM, Martin Mayhew, said this earlier. Can't he? It, it leads no, to They're this. not going to be in on Lamar Jackson because they're in on Sam Howell? N- no. That's, uh, the th- that's the part that I don't understand. <laughs> like, this what, is what, what I... else are you doing at quarterback where you can, you can definitively say on, on March 27th that you're not involved with Lamar Jackson? Here's what I don't get. Why is it that teams aren't at least willing to kick the tires on the situation right now? Because they all believe he wants a fully, fully, fully guaranteed contract at like $250 million, right? Yeah. But you haven't talked to him directly. I mean, you haven't talked to him directly. So why wouldn't you at least do that to get a sense of where he's at, as opposed to this seemingly unilateral decision to not even have these discussions that's bizarre to me here's adam schefter i want to hear this i've not heard this yet him from first take today on what happens if actually nobody wants to trade for lamar which seemingly is just unimaginable let's just say that nobody steps forward nobody pays his price nobody pays the ravens price because there's a lot to pay despite the fact that we're talking about a great quarterback what then happens? That, that's my question. Is he willing to do a deal with Baltimore? It doesn't sound that way. Is he willing to sign the franchise tender and play out the year? Is he willing to just skip that and not do anything and not report? That Those, to me, are some of the more interesting questions that I think we could be staring at down the line. We're not there right now, but come training camp, uh, I think those are the conversations that we'll be having. Well, let me tell you what will happen. He's not going to play. No. He's no. not going to play. Yeah. I ain't got to have a crystal ball for that one, big fella. <laughs> no, no, he's not going to play. <laughs> Lamar's not going to play, and he's, he's not going back to the Ravens. That's not happening now. That's a pipe dream, and he will sit tight on this one because I, I keep going back to this. If you think this is a guy that's going to cave uh, in a massive way, I think you have completely misjudged your opponent. So, so big fella, if you're Lamar, well, not Lamar Jackson, if you're Eric DaCosta, how do you proceed in knowing that he's probably not going to come back and play for you? Lamar. Just knowing the individual, because nobody knows him better than the people that are in that building. They know how principled Lamar Jackson is. Like, he, he will literally sit out a year as opposed to playing on a $32 million franchise tag without financial guarantees beyond this upcoming season. Hell, he just did that last year, and look where it got him. So there's no way he's going to play on a one-year deal. So if you're Eric DaCosta, the GM for the Ravens, what's the best path forward? I think is, the it best. Tra- is it trading him before the draft, or is it allowing it to play out and go all the way up until the J- July 17 deadline where you can work out an extension with the player? This doesn't feel like it's getting fixed. Okay. So I need to bring him in right now 
And, hey, let's have a productive discussion about how we can get you to where you want to go. Okay. And it's not going to kill us as an organization. Like, Lamar, that may not be important to Lamar, but Lamar's going to have to take a step toward the Ravens to get what he wants here. Mm -hmm. You know, because the Ravens are the ones, you know, that ultimately Lamar can talk to anybody and they can sign him, but it's clear that's not going to happen. So Lamar, if he feels like he can start to get some motion in the direction of where he wants to be, I think those two sides have to come together. Hey, let's figure this out together. You can talk to this team about the contract extension, and then we'll talk to them about what the compensation looks like. Because Lamar, to be fair, yes, we have not paid you what you wanted. But we also recognize what you are. And if as an organization, we're going to let you go for a lot less than what you're worth, we're doing ourselves a massive disservice here. And we can't do that. So I think you have to have both of these sides. I know he doesn't care. And I know that's an obscure way to go about it. But it may be the only way to get what both sides want here. But that's so oxymoronic, right? We, we, it gonna, is. It's we're not going to compensate you at a certain level, but we got to make sure that we get fair compensation for another team that's Absolutely. trading for you. It is wild that we are in this place because teams. But am I wrong about that? Well, listen, teams contort themselves. They they seemingly bend over backwards for a chance to draft a guy that has the potential that Lamar Jackson has. But here's the thing: all of the guesswork has already t- been taken out because he's already realized that potential. He's a dog on MVP, and he's 26 years old. There's no guesswork there. No. That's the part that doesn't make sense because you wouldn't think an organization as buttoned up as the Baltimore Ravens would allow a guy like that to walk out of the door or would, would even get to the point where a guy like that would be unhappy. Caving doesn't necessarily mean that you can't come together and have discussions to get what everybody wants. That's what I would look at there. And if I'm Lamar, it's not caving to go and talk to them. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of you have been patient on the phone lines, but where is the right fit for Lamar, and should your team trade for him? So let's get more calls in. AJ's out in South Dakota next on ESPN Radio. AJ, what do you say, brother? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Hey, so I really don't think he goes anywhere. I don't think he's got a real home, and if he did have a home, it'd probably be in the NFC South somewhere. And maybe maybe he doesn't even play this next year. But I really think – I don't think he is a talent that is worth a guaranteed contract. He missed 31% of his games over the last two years. You're going to tell me that some other team has got to pay out a fully guaranteed contract? I it, yeah, he's an MVP, but I don't think he's a Hall of Fame talent. Well, I saw a guy that got a fully guaranteed contract and a team that gave up three first-round picks for him last year when, well, let's see, how many games has he played over the last two seasons? Five. And it's not because he was injured. It's because he was stupid. He had 24 civil suits against him for sexual misconduct. This is the, This is the one thing that is always going to bug me about this. It is always going to bug me about this, that you had one team that was willing to do everything for somebody with that kind of a a history 
and current and not even just history current situation over their heads that you're willing to give up three first round picks for and 230 million fully guaranteed boy it's amazing to me sometimes canty the way business is done at the in the NFL and in professional sports with owners because those guys had to make their money in a certain way and you would presume that they're relatively smart and yet some of the moves that are made blow your freaking mind. And that's one of them. Like, that to me is an all-timer of taking the cake. And yet this guy, who has done everything right, can't get a sniff. Because yeah, how dare the, he? That, that's the part that rubs me the wrong way. When you hear people like AJ say that he's not worth it. First of all, Stop. a player is worth what the market is willing to bear. But the question that I would push back on with AJ is, well, was he worth it? after his third year when he didn't miss any games and where he won an MVP and where he won a playoff game, was he worth it then? Why didn't the Baltimore Ravens compensate him then? Why didn't they pay him when the Buffalo Bills paid Josh Allen? He was eligible for a contract extension. And if you do that, then you don't have to worry about the president of Deshaun Watson's contract. You're not in this situation. The player gave you two more years on the cheap. And you made the playoffs in one of those years, even though he only played in 12 games. And when they and, played, and you would have made it in the other year, but you lost week 18 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. No shame in that. But you've been in the playoffs for the five years he's been your starting quarterback. And the guy has incurred all the risk and made a shade over $30 million over five years. At what point does he get paid what he's worth? Like you say, oh, he's not worth the money. Well, he, what was, he was certainly worth more money in the five years that the Baltimore Ravens had him. And they, hadn't, they didn't have to pay him. So now it gets to the point where you got to get in market value and you don't want to do it. And you want to cite injury concerns as the issue when the guy incurred all the risk of injury last year? I'm sorry, man. You got to miss me with that. Tony, Washington, up next, ESPN Radio. Tony, what say you, dude? <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, hey, guys, Canty's right. I mean, come on. This, this, let's not have that conversation about his worth. Uh, the, the, the key is... For, for Lamar Jackson to have the best leverage it is for him, of well, which no one's talking about, but for him to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you imagine them now trying to match that offer? They would have to match whatever offer. They don't want him in the AFC North. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be in a win-now mode. They would absolutely, with their defense, with Tomlin on the sideline, with, with a running game uh, and everything, with can you imagine Lamar Jackson on the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at, at that point, it, for him to go to Indianapolis or anywhere in the NFC, uh, the Ravens could care less, and he has no leverage. But if he goes inside of the conference, I want you to know that this will be must-see TV to see if they will either try to, either try to match it or try to mess up the deal, but I guarantee you if we start talking about Lamar Jackson going to the Pittsburgh Steelers the, the, the whole thing will be done in the next two weeks I'd what love to see it it's not going to happen I'd love to see it happen as a Steeler fan I'd be absolutely yeah. I'd be out there I, I'd, I'd order a Lamar Jackson jersey so quick it wouldn't even be funny and I, I would be one of those fat guys wearing the jersey of an incredible athlete that that should almost be insulting to him but I'll pay that homage to him yeah, I would be so happy. Yeah, I would, I, yeah, that would be interesting, and he'd get to rub it in Baltimore's face. 
twice. They a won't year. make sure that never happens. They'll, that'll never happen. No. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. And I don't like. I don't think that's a move that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not make. a Steelers type move. Yeah. yeah. Even even though he would be a clear and obvious upgrade from what they have in Kenny Pickett. Oh no question. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Like I said, I, I, I am blown away that more athletes, as much as it's cool that people wear their jerseys, you know, just don't want to see people like me wearing their jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> it's never good. It, it's never good. Yeah, uh, on the way. Much, <laughs> <laughs> on the way, listen. There may be leverage for one side in the Aaron Rodgers talks, but the Jets clearly don't want to give up their first-round pick. Aaron Rodgers shouldn't want them to either. We'll explain why next on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what I love? I love smoke. I love beef. I love smoke and beef, Canty. Mm. And we've got smoke and beef between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I love it. You love how it. About, how about the you last few it. minutes here? Brian Gutekunst out at the owners' meetings, speaking with reporters, uh, said the following. Uh, first of all, there's no timeline on trading Aaron Rodgers. He's hoping to do it soon doesn't necessarily need a first-round pick. That's right, Brian, you don't, as someone who has some skin in the game and a rather large wager with Mr. Canty over this. And if there's any chance he would play for Green Bay again, said it was not trending that way, but all the options are on the table. But here's the even better one. He was also asked about Rodgers and 
the communication this offseason. Because you'll remember a couple of weeks ago when Roger said on the Pat McAfee show, he wanted to hear from the Packers directly about what their uh, thoughts were and conversations were. It was, hey, take as long as you want, and then the next thing I know, I'm being traded. Well, here's what Goodacoon said. Packers tried many times, quote, many times, to have conversations directly with Rodgers about returning to Green Bay, but he never called him back. Eventually, they had to make the decision, and they talked to Rodgers' agent. And that's when the agent said he wants to go to the Jets. Wow. I mean, I'm I, listen, if you're asking me who I'm believing in this one, it's Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, it's hard to take Aaron Rodgers at his word, right? Like it's you, you very to, hard to take Aaron Rodgers. You have to side with Gutekunst. And listen, for him to come out and say that we don't have to necessarily have a first-round draft pick, that is the general manager for the Packers taking a step toward the New York Jets. And we know the Jets took a step last week when they traded away Elijah Moore for a second-round pick. Not a guy that they wanted to give up. Because if you remember, Elijah Moore did make a trade request that the Jets didn't honor in the 2022 season. But they shipped him to Cleveland for a second-round pick, and they got the substitute or the alternative in Nicole Harmon on a one-year deal for $6.5 bucks. So that's the Jets parting with the piece that they didn't want to in order to acquire more capital that the Packers would presumably want included in a trade for Aaron Rodgers. So I think the two sides are moving closer to one another, even though they won't publicly acknowledge it. Canty, I'll go out on a limb. Mm. You know me. I, I love to jump to conclusions. Something gets done this week. Mm. Something okay. gets done this week. Okay. Because that's the first time we've heard either side on it, right? And if Gutekunst says we don't necessarily have to have a first-round pick, to me, that, that's a big step forward. That's a big step forward. It might mean two twos, but if you're the Jets, suck it up. Because you got to get this done at some point, especially well, if he is agreeing to show up. But can't he? Well, here's what I was going to say. Yeah. Even if it means three twos, you give him the two twos this year and a two next year. Isn't it worth it for a guy that takes you from being a seven-win team to being tied with the Philadelphia Eagles for the fourth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl? Think about the transformation that Aaron Rodgers – creates for your organization. Calais Campbell is coming on a free agent visit to the New York Jets. Now, here's a guy that can still play. He was a cap casualty in Baltimore because of the Lamar situation. But you have a chance to get a guy of that ilk who at this stage only wants to compete for championships and views your team as a championship contender because of the inevitability of Aaron Rodgers showing up. That's what he does for your franchise. You now become a destination for veterans on short-term deals that want to make a run at a ring. Why, 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 would you, why would you hold up the deal if no first-round pick is included, even if it meant multiple second-round picks? Three second-round picks? Yeah. That's a lot. Well, you can say it's a lot, but, I mean, That's think about it. You're talking about two second-round picks this year and a second-round pick next year, which is worth the equivalent of a third-round pick. Here's what I would do. I would give you the third second-round pick if I know he's playing next year. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if you want to make that pick a conditional pick, cool. That's fine. Canty, there's a reason the Jets don't want to give up the 13th pick. Let's take our daily dash to the draft.
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Canty, I, uh, listen, the Jets don't want to give up the 13th pick because they can get an offensive lineman that's going to help them now as opposed to later. And there are, I don't want to say it's immensely deep, but there's enough depth in the top 15 picks where if it's not Peter Skaronsky, the Jets are going to get a pretty good offensive lineman that's really going to help them now. And for Aaron Rodgers, for everybody that is is involved here, that is a best-case scenario for New York. Oh, there's no question about it. They've got to show up their offensive line. You can't depend on Makai Becton for all of the hits that Joe Douglas made. That's one of his misses to go along with Zach Wilson. But then you, you, you moved on from George Fant. You don't know if Dwayne Brown is coming back or not. And you got Max Mitchell stated to be your right tackle. And I know a lot of people, including Bart Scott, believe in him. I, I, I don't know how much I can trust that, especially if I have championship aspirations. So you've got to upgrade the talent level at the offensive line spot. And, and to me, this is a draft where you're going to see a run on tackles right when we get into that 10 to 20 range uh, in the first round. So it makes all the sense in the world, if you're the New York Jets, to try to hang on to that pick. For me, it's Broderick Jones. That's that's the guy I would go. I, I've seen Paris Johnson play a lot, can't he? Ohio State? Yeah. yeah. And he, he played a lot of left tackle. I don't think he's... I don't. I, I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I saw him get beat a lot mm. in some spots where, you know, you would necessarily, you know, where C.J. Stroud was able to get away a little bit, some things like that. I've watched him a lot over the last couple of years in the Big Ten. I like him a lot. I don't know that that's the best option for them at 13 if Jones is available. Yeah, another name is Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, who is a mountain of a man. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with him. I mean, I guess you could address the interior of the offensive line, should you so choose. Osiris Torrance out of Florida is a guy that you might look at. Uh, the other kid, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. Love him. Who, 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 who's also, you know, he's got some versatility. He plays center. He plays guard. So th- that's, that's an option, too. So, I mean, th- there's ways that the Jets can go. Um, but it's clear that they're going to take a page out of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did when they acquired Tom Brady. 
We're going to get this quarterback, and then we're going to make sure that we protect him by having a brick wall of an offensive line in front of him. To me, that makes sense. Hopefully they get back Elijah Vera Tucker healthy. That will go a long ways to, to bolster in that offensive line. Um, but, but there's no question in my mind that the pick is offensive line, and I'm just not sure if it's a tackle or if it's an interior guy, but that absolutely has to be the direction Joe Douglas goes in. I'll give you a little nugget. little nugget I picked up over the weekend from someone in the know. Mekhi Becton, in unbelievable shape, I was told. And yeah, that's all, that's all well and good. Heard it all before. I need him to be on the field when the games matter in the fall. That's yes, what, I agree. I don't, need you to, I don't need you to win the offseason. I don't need you to look like an Adonis like Mr. Olympia in June. What I need you to do is play like a mountain of a man in September, October, November, and on into the postseason. That's what I need from Mekhi Becton. Workout warrior. <laughs> which he has never been before. Yeah. Which he has never been before. Do you think that might have something to do with a potential contract after the season? Oh, uh, yeah. There's money on the line. Oh, there's yeah. absolutely money on the oh, line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get me in the gym. If there's $75 million on the line. Absolutely. I'll be there. there you, you got go. it. Kanji Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, what do we do best? We help people make money. And that is next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch on the ESPN app. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. Epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.